So I don't know if you guys um, know Fiona, but she's our children's church ministry leader. She's an awesome woman of God. And I remember when she used to come to our small group in, um, in when we were living in, in Riverstones. Yeah. And she used to live just around the corner. And she'd walk up to her house. And then sometimes I'd walk into the corner. Sometimes she went off in the dark. And, um, but it was great getting to know Fiona then and then getting to um, you know, see your journey that you've had with us at Awaken. It's, it's been amazing. As she just goes deeper into God and God reveals who he is to her. She's just taken our children's ministry from strength to strength. And, but of course, she's a woman of God. She's a woman of God, and she has a word on her heart today to share with us. And it's a word in season. And Fiona, we are really looking forward to hearing from you. So let's give her a round of applause and encouragement. Okay, um, so I'll do the standard open in prayer. It's a good place to start. Um, thank you, God, um, just for the opportunity to be here and share with my awakened family. And I just pray that we would all today um, hear what your spirit has to say to us. Amen. Okay. Um, so today I would like to share about children and um, God's heart for us to disciple them. What? <laughs> um, just to see them flourish in their relationship with him. Um, so this message is not just for parents of young people. It is for everyone who is part of the body of Christ. Um, so Ephesians 4 verse 4 to 6 says, You are all part of the same body. There is only one spirit of God, just as you were given one hope when you were chosen to be God's people. We have only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is one God who is the Father of all people. Not only is God above all others, but he works by using all of us, and he lives in all of us, no matter what our age is. <laughs> so within our church family, we will always have this unique group of people, which is children, teens, and even into the early 20s, who require our nurture. Um, God has given each of us a body, a mind, and a spirit. And it is his good purpose and perfect plan that all these parts of us should thrive and mature. Um, we feed our children's bodies from the day that they were born. They pretty much um, come out screaming to be fed, and that's what we do. Um, we think and we plan nutritious meals for them as they grow, so their body will grow and thrive. We nurture their minds by interacting with them, providing opportunities for them to extend their thinking and understandings of the world. We support their play and we provide education. We help them to understand their emotions and interact well with others. They also need us to feed their spirits. Um, their spirits are hungry for the spirit of God and will grow to maturity as we awaken the spirit within them by ministering through God's Holy Spirit that is within us, um, as the scriptures that I read says. Um, so I thought I'd start off, this is the start, um, with a bit about um, the, my background and my journey with Jesus. Um, I grew up in a church-going Christian family. My parents were in leadership, so I attended kids' church regularly. I loved going to kids' church. We had lots of fun, and we learned about Jesus too. Um, think funny skits, 
the chocolate game. Do you guys know that? Where you dress up and you've got to roll the sits and eat the chocolate. Um, probably like that's unhygienic now. But <laughs> um, creative telling um, of Bible stories. Someone actually um, brought live flies in and released them into the kids' church room telling the story about the 10 plagues once. So that was memorable. Um, and kind and cool um, leaders, small group leaders who just show God's love to me, and lots of fun games. Um, our kids' church was called Transformers, which we thought was really, really cool. <laughs> um, I was shy as a child, and I didn't speak out much in a group. Um, I'd never had the courage to pray or out loud or anything like that, but I definitely took things in. Um, I had three younger siblings, and I took to the nurturing role with enthusiasm, possibly a bit of bossiness. Um, at home, my dad would pray with me each night at bedtime, and sometimes we did family devotions. Um, my parents had a home group um, on a Tuesday evening, and I remember sneaking out into the hallway to listen to them singing. Um, I always loved praise and worship and enjoyed this part of the, kids, of the church service before we went off to kids' church. Um, so that was what was going on externally in my faith journey, um, but what was going on in my heart was Jesus, was God real for me? Um, and yes, he was. Um, it was Jesus who I really identified with. Um, I had this book called Jesus, the Friend of Children, um, it had many stories of Jesus along with a beautiful illustration for every story and this really helped me to connect um, with what I was reading. Um, there was one double page spread in the whole book and it was a picture of Jesus hanging on the cross with the um, two criminals on either side of him. And I remember sitting there and um, just looking at this picture for a long time, kind of studying it. It fascinated me um, that Jesus did this out of his love for me. And now kind of as I remember back on this, um, I kind of believe that during these times I was experiencing God's love through his Holy Spirit. Um, what else? I, w I would pray when I was a child, I would pray in my head to God and ask him for help when I needed it. Um, and when my dad prayed with me at night, I would pray for my family members by name. Um, I also remember um, really, really wanting to do the right thing and experiencing a reasonable amount of guilt and shame if I didn't. Um, although I had some understanding of the forgiveness of God, I really fully didn't fully grasp the fullness of his grace. Um, so as I came into my teen years, I decided that sitting in the church sermon was pretty boring. <laughs> when I was told to be in kids' church anymore. Um, but actually, I really just didn't understand it. Um, so after the praise and worship time, um, I'd helpfully take my younger sister to preschool and stay out there to help. Um, I've always, always loved children. Um, even as a child, I remember just having a love for children younger than me. Um, I've always just believed that children are wonderful and special, um, there's just something about children that adults we don't have. Um, it's a quality, it's unique to children, and it's something that I've high, always highly valued. Um, now, all these years on, I think I realise that this is part of who God has created and called me to be. Um, yeah, so in my teen years, I did some wandering away. 
going my own way and just connecting myself from God. Um, but he called me back to him. I couldn't resist the pull of his spirit, just kind of whispering to my spirit of his desire for me. Um, his love wore down my guilt and my shame until I couldn't, until I could um, receive the forgiveness that he was offering me. Um, so I was 20 years old when I yielded to this pull and I fell naturally into serving in kids' ministry at this time. So serving in children's ministry has always really been a part of my walk with Jesus, and it's a real um, point of connection um, to, with him. Like Even just this week, I've had stuff going on in my, my own life, and um, we've been learning in there about the armor of God, and that just what we've been learning about has played out in my life this week. So... Um, yeah, I'm always just being fed as I feed. <laughs> um, yeah, so I haven't actually shared my testimony much, and to be honest, even though I know everyone has a testimony, I've always kind of believed that I don't have much one. <laughs> um, nothing really dramatic has ever happened to me. Um, I've been blessed with a sheltered upbringing um, where I was well-loved and nurtured. Um, but I think in preparing this, I can see that I have a testimony um, that can help me in ministering to children um, who maybe is in that same kind of situation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely as a child, I connected with God, and there were many people in my life who impacted my spiritual life. Um, these people included family friends in church, we'd get together regularly for meals, the kids would play and the adults would chat and um, these adults were so close our family, uh, um, to our family, we called them auntie and uncle and their children were my best friends. So yeah, and, and just going away from my notes for a minute, um, interestingly enough, um, stuff's been going on there this week as well, so one of those um, adults who... Um, did a Facebook request for me, so I've reconnected with that person over Facebook and stuff, which was cool. And then um, um, another one of those people was really unwell, so there's been um, a lot of connection there too. Um, just interesting, God's timing over all of this stuff. Um, yeah, so many of these adults were also my kids church leaders, um, and as I grew older, I would babysit some of the families with younger children. Um, I would spend time at the houses of my friends, so relationships with these adults continued into my teens. Um, and many of these adult role models were at my baptism and at my wedding. Um, yeah, so a few weeks after I was born, we moved from Lower Hutt to Southampton, England, where we lived for three years before returning to New Zealand. And my parents had a close church community there. Um, and I reconnected with many of these people on a trip back at the age of 20. Um, this was a significant time in my life as God was calling me back to him. And these people loved me, prayed for me, and prophesied over me. Um, then I then went on to Canada um, to spend time with family there. Um, my auntie bought me a Bible, and in the front she wrote a message, and she wrote a verse with it, which was Psalm 139. And this has ever since been my favourite psalm, and it's one of a particular point of connection with me, with the Holy Spirit. 
Um, so when I think of all the people who have impacted and influenced my faith, the ones that really stand out for me most are my maternal grandparents, um, Malcolm and Barbara Elliott. They came to faith at the age of 34 when they attended a Billy Graham crusade. Um, and they were baptised and experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but did not know what this experience was until 20 years later when they learned about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and had teaching on this. Um, they began to minister to others and move in the gifts of the Spirit. They were passionate about the Lord and sharing him with others. Um, at 65 years old, they smuggled Bibles into China. <laughs> And above all this, they loved me and they believed in me and they modeled faith to me. Um, I am so inspired by them as they stood firm in the Lord until their dying days. And this is a constant source of encouragement to me. Um, Elliot was their surname and I have named my firstborn child after them, um, meaning the Lord is my God. Um, my grandpa had a favorite Psalm, which was Psalm 103. Um, in this verse 17 says, But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness is with his children's children. So what an amazing promise we have there. Um, I know that there's a great crowd, crowd of witnesses up there watching on, and um, my grandparents are there. They're watching on. They've encouraged me um, even recently um, about last year. Um, I had a dream of my nana, and the interesting thing was that my nana, although she never lost her faith or zeal for God, um, she had a degenerative muscle disease, and she died at about the age of 72 or 73, um, and she really, her body wasted away. Um, she looked very old for her age, and um, anyway, so I had this dream, and in this dream I saw my nana, and she was standing there, and she was young, but not like no age, but young, and she was looking at me, and I was looking at her, and we just smiled and laughed at each other, and when I woke up in the morning, I, just, I really felt like I had been with her. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, so um, that, that promise that... Um, his righteousness will be with their children's children. It always reminds me of the legacy that my grandparents have left with me, a legacy of faith. Um, this is a legacy we can too leave for those who come after us. It doesn't need to be our physical family, but our spiritual family. We can leave a legacy um, and we can carry something on. So it is, there's not a break there. Um, yeah. Um, whether it's our own children, grandchildren, spiritual children, or any children in our church family or wider community, we can impact their lives for his righteousness. Um, ushering children into the presence of God and fostering their soul's desire in him is of such importance to God. Um, might look different, might sound different than it is for us, but it's still real. Um, so let's hear what Jesus said about it. I'm going to read it to you from the NIV, and then I'm going to read it to you from the Jesus Storybook Bible. <laughs> so Mark 10, 13 to 14. Now people were bringing the little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. 
and the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and told them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. So in this Bible, it's called the friend of little children. Jesus' friends were arguing, who was the most important helper in God's kingdom? They wanted to know. I am, James said. No, you're not, said Peter. I am. Nonsense, Matthew said. I'm the cleverest. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, yes, no, I am too. This silliness went on and on like that for some time. You see, Jesus' friends had started thinking they had to do something to make themselves special to God or to Jesus. Um, That if they were the cleverest or the nicest or something, Jesus would like them best. But they had forgotten something. Something God had been teaching his people all through the years. That no matter how clever you are, or how good you are, or how rich you are, or how nice you are, or how important you are, none of it makes a difference. Because God's love is a gift. And as anyone will tell you, the whole thing about a gift is it's free. All you have to do is reach out your hand and take it. So while Jesus' friends were arguing, some people who knew all about getting gifts, in fact, you might say they were gift experts, had come to Jesus. Who were they? They were the little children. Jesus' helpers tried to send them away. Jesus doesn't have time for you, they said. He's too tired. But they were wrong. Jesus always had time for children. Don't ever send them away, Jesus said. Bring the little ones to me. Now, if you had been there, what do you think? Would you have had to line up quietly to see Jesus? Do you think Jesus would have asked you how good you'd been before he'd give you a hug? Would you have had to be on your best behavior and to get dressed up? and not to speak until you're spoken to? Or would you have done what these children did? Run straight up to Jesus and let him pick you up in his arms and swing you and kiss you and hug you and then sit you on his lap and listen to your stories and your chats. You see, children loved Jesus and they knew They didn't need to do anything special for Jesus to love them. All they needed to do was to run into his arms. And so that's just what they did. Well, after all the laughing and games, see, laughing and games, kids church, (laughs) Jesus turned to his helpers and said, no matter how big you grow, never grow up so much that you lose your child's heart. Full of trust in God. Be like these children. They are the most important in my kingdom. So maybe you should all get a kid's Bible too. <laughs> um, 
Jesus calls us to have the faith of a child. Um, so what sort of faith does a child have? From the time of the birth of my third child, the father has been using my relationship with her to show me his father's heart for me. And um, when I look at her and think things like, look how beautiful she is, I love her so much, or secretly watch her when she is absorbed in her play, I feel God showing me that this is how he watches me, delights in me. And here's the thing. She knows that I adore her. She knows I feel like this about her. And she's completely accepting of it. I mean, why should it be any other way? <laughs> right? And this is how the Father wants us to come to him. With complete trusting abandon of a child. When she is sad or scared or hurt, she runs straight to me, into my arms. I am the answer to all her problems. She just wants to be near me always. She sits on me, climbs on me, wants to be picked up. I had trouble getting ready this morning because she was on me. Um, it's sometimes, you know, this is also overwhelming for me um, to meet all her needs, but I try. Um, but this isn't so for God with us. Um, we can come to the Father right onto his lap, and he always has time for us. He's never too busy, never something more important. He's never distracted nor impatient. Um, he's perfect. <laughs> um, when my daughter wakes up in the morning, she runs to me. A huge smile and hugs me with her morning hugs. The first thing she needs to do when she wakes up is reconnect with me. Um, how the Father desires this for us. Um, and this is how we enter his kingdom. Um, if I have been away from my daughter, oh, the look on her face when she sees me. <laughs> and then she runs. <laughs> I'll stoop right down to her level to receive her into my arms. And I have to brace myself or she'll knock me over. <laughs> um, the look of uninhibited joy on her face sparks joy in me. And that's what we do um, for the Father's heart when we run into his arms. We bring him joy. Uh, we are his joy. We are the joy set before Jesus when he endured the cross. Um, she is totally trusting and totally vulnerable with me. If she has a need, she shares it. <laughs> and she expects me to help. We should be like this with God. That's the thing with kids. They don't hide their feelings as much as we adults do. And they are quick to forgive. I've worked with kids so much. And you can do stuff, but if they know that you love them, they forgive you for it. And it's amazing. Um, so these things we can learn from children. To approach our Heavenly Father, expecting Him to delight in us, and knowing that his desire is for us. To always run into his arms and not away from them. Um, this is just a verse that I love. The Lord your God is among you. He is mighty to save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. 
if you're a parent or a grandparent or maybe you've just had that relationship with a child, you know that when they sit on your knee and you hold them and you sing over them or calm them and um, that's who the Father is to us. Um, now the other point in this verse, in this story, um, that Jesus makes very strongly um, here is that we are not to hinder children from coming to him. Um, now for the, oh, the disciples on this particular day, that, that meant that physically they needed to stand aside and let the children get past them and approach Jesus. Now obviously we're not in this exact scenario because Jesus isn't standing here in the flesh and our bodies can't stand in the way, uh, but I do believe that there is a message here for us. Um, so how do we not hinder children in approaching Jesus? Because um, Jesus is indignant about this. <laughs> um, in what ways could we be standing in the way or preventing them from coming into his presence? Uh, for the disciples, it was something that they were doing. They were actually standing in the way. Um, but I think for us, a lot of the time, it can be what we are not doing that hinders them. And this may often be really unintentional. Um, children require discipling by adults they trust and have a secure connection with. We have the ability to nurture their curiosity about God, to usher them into his presence, to release the Holy Spirit over them, to sow the truth of God's word into the fertile soil of their young hearts. So Jesus said, let the children come to me. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Jesus returned to the Father, but he left his spirit to dwell in each one of us. Jesus lives in all of us. So the arms to take the children are now our arms. The hands to place on them are now our hands, and the mouths to speak blessing over them are ours. Um, I shared this scripture in our last Fano service. It's Ephesians 2.10, and it reads, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And we've been teaching this in Awaken Kids to our kids in there. Um, furthermore to this, as God has prepared good works for us, he will also equip us to do the good works. Um, as we hear in Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, and it was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for works of ministry and to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, as we mature to the full measure of the stature of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed about in the waves and carried around by every wind of teaching and by the clever cunning of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things Grow up into Christ himself, who is the head. For him, from him, the whole body, fitted and held together by every supporting ligament, 
grows and builds itself up in love through the work of each individual part. We don't want our children to grow up being tossed by the waves. Instead, we want them to stand firm on Christ Jesus, their rock. Um, Children need equipping to grow into the calling of God on their lives, to be secure in their faith, to be firmly planted, and to be fruitful in his kingdom. Our children need to be taught his word. They need to be evangelized. They need to be prophesied over. They need to be taught how to pray and how to recognize the Holy Spirit's presence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They need to be nurtured and encouraged in their faith. So as the family of God, these little ones belong to all of us. And all of us have a role in discipling them. Let's not leave that responsibility only to their natural parents. Like I mentioned before, there were many adults who were spiritual parents to me, and this definitely had an influence on my faith. Um, There has been research done to show that children will thrive spiritually when they have at least five spiritual role models in their lives. Um, Once you have a connection with a child, then you have the opportunity to sow faith into them. Um, So if you're a parent, you could think, and I've been thinking this week, about setting up these five people in your children's life. Um, Thinking about it, you might be surprised by how many of these relationships you already have or at least have the beginnings of. So you obviously could be one. Um, Perhaps the other parent might be. Maybe not. Maybe a grandparent or another family member. Um, Someone in your squad Perhaps the parent of your child's friend, um, their kids' church leader, their youth leader, a teen or older um, person that they look up to. I feel like I had someone like that in my life who wasn't the age of my parents but was an adult but was younger and they were a real encouragement to me. Um, Or you could get them serving on a team and build um, relationships with adults that way. I know some kids are serving in the CAF or whatever and getting to know um, their church family that way. Um, For others of you here, um, maybe a child comes to mind that you already have a connection with. Um, So in what ways could you build faith in this child? Um, You can intercede for them. That's really, really powerful. (laughs) Listen to their problems or challenges and give them godly advice. Um, Sometimes I listen to advice of somebody that's not their parent, especially if they grow up more. Um, Pray over them. If they tell you something that's going on, say, get their consent, but say, can I pray for you for that? Um, Share your own stories and testimonies of God at work in your life. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were learning about the Holy Spirit and we're in kids' church. Story I'd totally forgotten about and Elliot pipes up, Mum, what about when this happened to you? Because I had told him that story and that testimony and it had obviously impacted and left an impression on him. Um, or maybe you've been there and done that and your kids are now all grown up. Um, you probably have some really good wisdom to share with other parents could definitely be a great listening ear. Um, God created us to mature in body and in mind and in spirit. And so part of a parent's role is to feed their child's spirit. 
As a parent, I know this is important, but sometimes it can be hard to know how to support spiritual growth in our children. They're not the same as us. Um, and sometimes it's hard to remember. So this has been a good process actually for me, remembering back on my childhood and my faith and how it grew. Um, so as parents, we all desire for our children to th- flourish in the Lord, but it is so easy to become distracted by the cares of this world. There are always things that need doing. They kind of seem urgent um, in family life, like dishes and washing and washing and more washing. You say, I did washing and I did washing and, and it was so satisfying and it was all done. And then this morning, there's a load of washing there. Um, <laughs> so these things do build up. Um, children grow up fast is a really common saying. And I've realized that I could so easily get caught up in the day-to-day busyness of life it can be overwhelming. Then suddenly my children will be grown up and my opportunity to disciple them is gone. Um, So it's resting in him and just seeing what is important. Um, It's not about beating yourself up though. It's about taking moments here and there and creating just a simple discipline of discipleship in your daily family routines. Um, For me, it's bedtime. We pray and we talk. Um, And then now I'm adding on in other places. Listening to worship music. um, And I've noticed the kids starting to sing along to some of the songs. Um, Praying aloud and living out my faith in front of the children. Um, I know of this person. uh, Sometimes they might say, Mum, why are you crying? Um, Because this has happened, let's pray together. Or, um, um, what are you saying? What are you saying under your breath in the car? Oh, I'm praying about this <laughs> um, because I do a lot of driving, so I'm praying while I'm driving. Um, looking for opportunities to apply what the Bible says to situations, teaching them how to do this. Um, you know, maybe they have somebody who they're finding it hard to get on with at school. This person is irritating. Their behaviour is annoying. Maybe they shouldn't be doing it. And just talking about how um, God shows us love and that's how we can love. So if we are kind to others, we can show kindness. They can learn kindness from us. Just That's just one example of how you can apply his teachings to their very, very real situations that they have in their lives. Often um, I think we can think, oh, that's such a little thing. It seems like a little thing, what they've got going on, but it's very real um, to children, and that's a place where their faith grows and develops. Um, so slowly, um, this discipleship of children, it becomes habit, and then I think what else I could add in. Uh, don't just try to do everything at once. Add something, think what else I can put in. Um, I have some really great devotional books and kids' Bibles. <laughs> um, and we have times of using these um, for our family. We haven't done it for a, regularly for a while, and we must get back to this. Um, but again, not beating ourselves up, just stepping back into it. Um, sometimes I find it helps if I put these books on the table, just as like a physical reminder, and then I remember to do it. <laughs> Um, and maybe it's just reading a real little bit of it, not um, trying to do more than you can and then failing. Um, but it's definitely about prioritising these things. Um, I think for us the bedtime thing works really well because, well, you always have bedtime. 
um, and it becomes a routine and the kids expect it. Um, and we all know kids like, any excuse not to go to sleep, so they'll always remind me. <laughs> um, what about our prayer? And yeah. Um, discipling our children is so important, so let's encourage each other in this. Um, it's hard to do stuff in isolation, eh? Um, so that's why for me it's really, really important to be attending church regularly um, because I get so encouraged and by it. <laughs> um, so it's always so much easier to achieve a goal when you partner with someone else. Um, parents need support of their faith community in the discipling of their children. Um, so squads are a great place to talk about how it is going or not going, what is working, what is hard, what is challenging, and sharing and supporting each other. Um, you may come up against, it's not always easy, it's not always like, oh, let's read the Bible, and they want to read the Bible, and they might say, I hate the Bible, because my kids say <laughs> interesting things like that, um, and that's where um, yeah, you need people around you, cheering you on, and encouraging you, um, so let's be a community of faith who come together to let the ch little children come to Jesus. Um, so um, children have a real hunger for the Holy Spirit. Um, Psalm 42 says, For as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. And further on, deep calls out to deep in the noise of your waterfalls. And Psalm 84.2 declares, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Children don't like boring stuff like lots of talking, but they do like experiences. Um, and they love to feel his presence. They won't always communicate this with us, and it can be hard for them to explain or articulate, but if you watch and listen carefully um, to what they have to say, then you'll observe this. Um, like the boy who loves his mum to sing the blessing over him at bedtime. Or the ones who giggle when their parent prays over them in tongues. The assumption could be that they're just being silly and they think it's funny, but on further discussion, it is actually that they're experiencing an anointing of joy. Um, so prayer is a powerful way to minister to children. There is a definite battle in the realm of the spirit for the hearts of our children. But we have the weapons that can win this battle. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 um, to 5 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It is so important that we are praying for our children. The enemy would take them out. He would disrupt the growth of the kingdom. Um, yeah, so some ways you can pray over children are praying scripture and declaring the truth of scripture over them, for God's word will not return to him void. Um, spiritual warfare, 
Uh, Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I do this every Sunday morning as I drive to church um, to serve in kids' ministry because there's the physical and then there's the spiritual. And stuff goes on. Okay. <laughs> I'm praying psalms and personalizing, personalizing them, like Annette modeled up for us last week. Um, this is something we can engage, in, um, engage children in. Um, you can do it with them together. Um, praying song lyrics is um, a really great thing to do too. If your ch- child has a worship song they love, try turning it into a prayer. Um, and you could also turn it around and let them pray it over you. Um, the Blessing is a great song for this. Speak it over each other, sing it over each other. Um, I'm nearly done, so I'm going to speak it over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May his favour be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. In the morning... In the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you, he is for you. The prayers we pray will go on well after we are gone. Um, remember how I spoke of my grandparents and the legacy they, of faith they had left for me? I find so much comfort and strength in the knowledge that even though they are not here in body anymore, the prayers that they prayed for me will still be at work. Um, for the prayers of a righteous man or woman are powerful and effective. And so I'm excited to see us moving into more intergenerational gathering here at Awaken. Um, at the last Fano service, it was such a special time, and we have another one coming up soon. A couple of weeks ago, um, Doreen and Annette came into Awaken Kids on a Sunday morning to share about the Holy Spirit and pray for the children, and it was awesome. Um, So as we sow into our children with truth and love, we also receive back from them. We need them, and we learn from them, and we receive from them. Um, Children can pray with as much faith and power as any adult. Um, Children and youth are not the church of the future. They are the church now. Um, So that's the end of my message. Um, I just thought uh, Michael usually ends with a question time. So I thought I'd do that too. But instead of you asking me questions, (laughs) I'd like to ask you all a question and hear what you have to share with us. Um, So um, maybe a couple of people might want to share this with everyone. In what ways have you encouraged or sown into a young person um, in their walk with Jesus? This could be your own child or someone else. So I just thought, I want to start the ball rolling of this corridor, of this conversation of um, growing faith in our children. So does anyone want to share 